Welcome to Hallway Conversations with Matt and Dave. We've both been teaching for quite a while now, but we still have plenty of questions about education. And this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about topics that we think are important for Christian educators to consider. Welcome to the conversation. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. I'm Matt Beamers. And I'm Dave Mulder. And we are just two good friends who love talking about education um, in the hallway, and we just want to uh, share some of those ideas with you. We we come with a question, and we see where it goes, and it's um, pretty unscripted. But to say we were we are prepared would be a gross overstatement at this <laughs> that's, point, that's beyond correct. having the question. So we're just yeah. going to have some fun and see where it goes. So Dave, I'm coming with the question today, and my question for you is, what's up with the management word when we talk about classroom management? And is that even the right word? I've wondered that before, right? Like, who or what am I managing when when we talk about classroom management, right? Like, am I managing materials in the room? Am I managing, um, you know, the the flow of information? Am I managing the the workspace? Uh, Or am I managing people, right? And and the way that you answer that question, I think, changes the dynamic for what you're actually going to do in the classroom. And... Oh, yeah, that, that, thinking about like, is management the right word? I don't know what word I would substitute for that off the top of my head. Well, if you think about that, if you think about your illustrious career, <laughs> I'm just going to use the word illustriously That's, quite loosely. Yeah, thank you. Where, yeah. <laughs> but if we think about that and your understanding, maybe if you can just sort of think back to your understanding of what you believed classroom management to be when you started teaching Sure. And what you understand it to be now. Thank you. How yeah. how has that changed, maybe? So I I mean, like I think most beginning teachers, we don't know our head from our elbow half the time when it comes to actually managing a classroom. Right. And it's so hard because how do you become a tenure veteran? You gotta go out and teach for ten yeah. years, right? That, that really that's the only way to do it. And so early in my teaching career, I think I was looking for the quick fix. Um, some kind of, you know, bag of tricks that I could, you know, oh, and I'm going to magically wave my magic wand and everyone's just going to jump through the hoops and do exactly as they're, as they're told. And yeah, I guess the longer that I've taught, the more I've realized that control in the classroom is, is kind of an illusion, right? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. how much of this social contract is just, you know, because I'm the one up in front, the students listen to me. If, if they all decided to get up and walk out the door, what, what power do I actually have to keep them in the room, right? But that's kind of a weird way of thinking about no, it. No, but it, it, it is like, like this idea of a social contract. Like there's some days where you're like, I'm just glad they stayed. Yeah, right. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank, thank you for thank you for staying. Yeah. Um, there's no quick fix, and and we even as we're talking about this, and as you're talking about it, I I almost worry that somehow in having this conversation, we're going to somehow come off as the experts on oh, this. Like here. Yeah. So if any of you, as you're listening to this that this comes off as like do as we say or like we've got the corner on the truth in classroom <laughs> management that that's not our intent and we nope. mean that like we want to we want to we're we're talking about it we're discussing it but we could easily spend the next 15 minutes talking about horror stories in our own in our oh, own yeah. classroom management oh, so man. and i think it's we've both grown it grown in it but but maybe what is so for you Dave for yeah. who you are and this idea of teaching who you are what has been the key for you 
um, in successful classroom management when it does go well. Yeah. No, and I, I'm so glad you said that too, Matt, because it's not like I have this all figured out, right? Like we're, each of us is a work in progress. Yeah. Um, and, and that goes for all of us as teachers, right? Absolutely. We never arrive. We, we just keep getting closer. Um, so I guess I would start to answer that question by thinking about what what do I want to have happen in my classroom? Mm-hmm. What, what do I really want? Well, I want students to learn, yeah. right? And, and I think that fundamentally that has to be the driving principle and if I want students to learn in my classroom I have to try to create an atmosphere and a climate where learning is likely to to flourish and so how do I do that well when I was a middle school teacher uh, early on I guess I thought a lot about you know I'm gonna punish their misbehavior Um, you know and and kind of I guess that kind of an idea right like thinking about it in terms of discipline and, and my management plan was probably really structured around, um, yeah, disciplining students if they stepped out of line, right? And I became aware of the limitations of that because there are some kids who you, you can't make them, right? Like, wow. And I've had several of those students in, in my teaching career. I suspect you probably have too. And, Absolutely. And so I guess getting past that sense of just punishing misbehavior um, uh, well, something that we talk about around here, and maybe this doesn't work for your institution, dear listener, uh, but <laughs> I mean, around here, we, we talk about like office consciousness sometimes, right? Like I, now I got to explain what I mean by that. Yeah. And just as before you do that, Dave, that's funny. Cause I, I was actually thinking about that word. That's a bit, that's a new word for me as someone who's yeah, new around right. here. And I was thinking about that word when you talked about, if this is what I want to happen, then this is what I need to do. And I actually thought about that in terms of if I want this to happen, then this is sort of the responsibility that comes with yeah, my office. Right. So I'm glad you mentioned office because I was sort of going there too. So okay. Can you just can you just riff on that for all? I'm trying sure. to use a cool word there, but yeah. Yeah. you can riff on that for a minute, office. So um, if you think about like a politician who is in office, maybe that's yeah. the best way of thinking about it, right? Because of this position that you're in, you have certain rights and responsibilities. Yeah. And I think that extends to a lot of different things, right? So as a teacher, uh, I mean, like we're recording this in my office. That's not the sense that we're yeah. talking about, right? But my office as the teacher means I have a certain authority about me. I have uh, certain rights, but I also have certain responsibilities. And administrators have an office, not like the principal's office, but I mean, they have rights and responsibilities and certain authority because of their position. But so do students. Mm -hmm. We can also think about students having an office. They have certain rights and certain responsibilities because of the office that they hold. And I don't know if that resonates for our listeners, um, if they see that in their their own school setting, right, whatever their institution looks like. But that's something that we've talked a fair bit yeah. about. And so uh, the connection, I guess, for management is when I'm thinking about myself in this office of the teacher, okay, so, yeah, I have a responsibility then for trying to set this environment where learning can take place. And that means there is some sense of management that I have to yeah. do to ensure that that will happen. So just to follow up on that, though, because I also noticed that you use, like, aw- like students also have an office. Yeah, yeah. And then that comes with rights and responsibilities that are obviously going to be different than the teacher. But, but it makes me wonder, Dave, like in holding that office of teacher and, and being responsible for, you know, the things that are the learning, mm-hmm. the culture, the climate. But because students have an office as well, do they sort of get a voice yeah, in yeah. like is our is part of our responsibility giving them a voice into sort of 
hey, what do we what do mm-hmm. we want this class to look like in terms of culture and safety and management and um, yeah, I don't know. Like, did you did you give students a voice in that? Yeah, that's an interesting question because I I, I struggle with that a little bit, right? And I'll just I'll point that out for myself that. I do see myself, like I'm the leader in this classroom, right? Because of my office. But that shouldn't be me somehow lording it over my students then because they also have some rights and responsibilities in their office. So I guess that would be the ideal that I can give up some of my power to empower students, right? That, That we're in this together. And it's not my classroom, it's our classroom. And yeah, I've got a particular role to play in that because of my office, but students too have a role to play. I don't know. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, no, that does resonate. I I guess I'm thinking about my own understanding of classroom management when I started was, well, it wasn't very, it wasn't great to begin with, but, but I think I saw it as sort of like, Hey, here's the rules that we need. And, Mm -hmm. and this idea of like, these rules are sort of happening to you. Like I am right. putting them on you and, yeah. and there might be a, a time and a place for that. And, but I guess I'm thinking like in some of the work at, at my previous school um, around restorative practices, mm-hmm. I'm thinking more about, about how do you shift the mindset of like, from this is happening to you to um, happening with you. So that yeah. in a sense, I'm wondering about like, again, if I think about to, back when I started, like I, th- I had a really, if I'm honest, a real punitive approach to classroom management. Mm-hmm. And it was actually really simple in a sense, because it was like, oh, like you don't do this, here's sort of the consequence. And, and or if you do do this, here's the consequence. And, you know, it could be a name on the board. And if you get a check mark, I mean, it was just, it was not great to be honest with you. Um, but I'm also now wondering, thinking about this idea of with and, and not not rules, but, but I guess I, I've seen a number of educators and I really like the language here. So it's not my language, but, but using this idea of norms, like what Mm. do we want to be um, normative in this classroom? What, what do we want when I, when, when we walk through the front door of, of, or of the school or even of this class, what can you you know, what can each student and teacher expect? Like, no, like this, this is what is normal. This is what, this mm-hmm. is normal. And the idea of like, who sets that? Right. 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 Like, do I set that or or do we set that together? You know, I, I walked into, there was a, um, a grade five teacher I worked with, Amanda, and, and she's the kind of teacher, A, you want your kids in that class. Yeah. Um, but she had a way of being in her class where she never raised her voice. She never, like, there was just this calmness. And yet the learning was crazy. But the management was, like, she, it just worked. And, and I noticed in her in her class, like, the, this idea of, like, these agreed upon norms. And I think, with the, if I remember right, in student handwrite, oh, yeah. handwriting, like, yeah. it's like, no, like, this is sort of, this is what we're saying as students. We want this learning space to be like, and and there's no doubt that she gave some guidance to that. Um, but they really had a voice. So so I'm just wondering about that idea of like, hey, how do we maybe even shift from management to sort of norms, and and thinking about that. And and just as you're as you're talking, Dave, I'm thinking about okay. So the hardest class I ever taught 
was kindergarten PE. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> All you students who will never listen to this, but in Montana in my kindergarten PE class, I want to publicly apologize for what a disaster that was. But part of the re- and I loved it. Like, these kids were amazing. Like, I'm smiling as I'm even just thinking about them. But I can remember, literally, I think in my first kindergarten PE class, I was sort of like, we're all going to run a lap. And I didn't even think anything of it. It's like, we're just all going to run a lap. And I blow the whistle, and it's bedlam in there. (laughs) And I remember I end up, literally again in my first class, walking to the principal's office um, with a student who has a bloody nose because they were just running everywhere. And it's because I made an assumption that they all know how to do this. They all know the expected. I thought they. this is what running a lap means. And it makes me wonder, even in terms of if these are the norms, do we give students actually time to practice that in order to succeed? Oh, if I think yeah. about all, you know, think about, an, uh, you know, what if I would have actually said to the students, we're going to practice running a lap because I'm not going to assume you know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Just like we do on a sports team, we're going to practice our free throws. We're going to... And it makes me think, do we need to spend more time helping kids succeed with norms by helping them practice? So that, I'm a little off track, but that's just no, sort of no, what I'm no. thinking that's, right now. That's such a helpful way of framing this. And immediately, as you said, uh, practice, I'm thinking back to Harry Wong. Uh, uh, for teachers of a certain age, the first yeah. days of school is the yeah. name of his book, right? And it's all about this idea of if you want students to behave in certain yeah. ways, you need to teach them the procedures yeah. and give them opportunities to practice. Yeah. Right? And and that, I think, dovetails with what you're talking about here for, for norms, right? We need to, let's clearly say this is what we expect, and then let's make sure that we practice it so that we know that we, yeah, we do that for so many other things, right? You have students yeah. practice their math problems, they practice their music for their, playing their instrument, they practice their free throws and that, right? Yeah. Shouldn't no, we? And it makes, and, and I'm suddenly making a connection to a phrase you used in our first or second podcast, this idea of clear is kind. Yeah. Right. right? And that's true with, with norms and protocols and practicing to see expected behavior, but also to be honest, to say like, not every student comes into our classroom actually knowing what the expected behavior that's right. is. That's right. And if that's <laughs> the goal, I guess my encouragement would be it, then practice, give the model it, give students a chance to succeed. I'm, I'm making a really big leap here to uh, Nicholas Woltersdorf quote. He says like, it's, it's nothing, but I think he, he uses like a naive wish or an unwarranted hope that students like upon graduation, when they, when, when they go out into the world are going to, are going to change and shape culture. If we haven't given them time to practice it, in school like if that's what our deep hope for is when they leave then then let's spend time practicing it and and if we have deep hopes around around student behavior um then i think we also it's nothing but it's an unwarranted hope to say like how can you you know this is what we agreed upon right but you're not doing it it's like well Maybe we just need to actually say, let's practice what this looks like. So it's not just going to be about discipline. The The root of discipline and discipleship mm. is really the same yeah. word, right? The discipline, discipleship. And so what if we would shift our mindset when we're talking about classroom management? I mean, this is an opportunity for forming disciples, right? Yeah. This is really about formation, yeah. um, that, that we're trying to help our students live into a better story, right? Whatever story they might be telling themselves mm. or has been told to them. 
that they can have a little bit bigger vision for what their life might look like? Maybe that sounds a little too philosophical and pie in the sky. No, I I don't think so. Like, well, maybe it maybe it does. But, <laughs> maybe. but I like this. But I like this idea of, um, yeah, like this idea of like of what are the formative practices even around behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Like of mm-hmm. because yeah, like those practices are not only going to manifest themselves like you know in inwardly they're going to do something to us and it's going to impact our, our behavior in a classroom like like even again I, i'm just thinking about like how formative something like a check-in question can be at the be- oh, yeah. at the beginning of a day like in my mind that's that's a formative practice um you know someone i taught with ash ashley um she called it campfire and she had this cool looking crafty campfire in the middle of the room that, that I couldn't I couldn't make <laughs> if my life depended on it. And and these students would sit around the campfire. But she would start with a, with around the campfire like at the beginning with a check-in question or at the end of the day, like kind of like, hey, before you leave here, I want to know how you're how you're doing. Yeah. Um and then actually and instead of just kind of the casual, which I do all the time, hey, how you doing in a quick response, like, no, like we're going to sit in a circle. We're going to face each other. And you can pass if you want. You can, but, but how are you doing? And she'd always have kind of these cool check-in questions. And I, and I often wonder, like, for students in, in Ashley's class, sort of like, what, what was that doing to them mm. um, in terms of their own human flourishing, right? Mm. That, that, hey, you've got 21 other students listening to you right now that care about you. Um, so, so I'm making that. I guess I'm thinking about something like, hey, like there's no quick fix, and so, and, right. and something like a check-in question. She did every day. So you're talking about 180 check-in, like check-in, check-out questions. Hey, but and that that comes to this idea though of practice, right? Totally. That that if we set this as this is how we do things, this is the yeah. norm for us, yeah. and does that start to head off some of these other yeah. behavior problems that we would then have to manage? Right? We've got to get to their hearts. No, That's and, and, and it just makes me think, like, even in thinking about discipleship, like, what's the discipleship that's happening in that in that circle? Yeah. And, it, and it makes me also wonder, like, you know, it makes me wonder how often, like, the starting point, the starting point for classroom management is, you know, around relationship. Mm-hmm. So not only is 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 Ashley getting to know those students better. But those students are actually getting to know each other better, right? Like right. you build, like they, whether they think about it or not, they're building relationship. They're, they're, this is how I'm doing. And when you, and as you build relationship, you build trust. And as you build trust, what might that do to, A, to those students who forming them? And then what might it do to, to the classroom culture? And so it just makes me, again, it makes me come back to this idea of, you know, like, hey, relationship. But the second part, Dave, and I, I know we're getting a bit long here, but but I also, and I don't want to sound grumpy about this, so I'll say this looking in the mirror as someone who has learned this the hard way, that that a big part of classroom management is simply being ready as a teacher, like good pedagogy, oh, yeah. good learning plans. Like I know times in my career, and not just when I was younger, when sort of like the class, like you just lose the class. Like it's just, they're not tracking. It, it There's an unsettledness. Like there's more background noise than, than what you, you, you know, that for you that you're comfortable with. 
And so often in those moments, I'd I'd want to get grumpy at the students. Right. <laughs> when it when in fact it was actually it started with just really bad teaching. Right. Right. Like so like oh, man. don't so the let so I don't again I'll say it for Matt Beamers. One of the things I had to learn was don't blame your students for getting off track when you are you are more off track than they ever were when you were not ready to go and so. Right. So yeah, for sure it's about relationships, but it's also just about actually like that office of teaching. Right. Like one right. way you lead as a teacher is by by being ready to go every day, by like what's the pedagogy, what's the learning plan, what's the learning targets. Um, and then and then when it doesn't go well at times, and I'm not saying it's always on us, but to also be able to once in a while say, yeah, yeah, I I can't really blame them because like I just was like I was not in the right place. It was, place. Me. It it was, was me. me, right? <laughs> and sometimes it's not, and a lot of times it's not. Right. Do you know? You know what? Like we need to give ourselves grace. We need to give them grace. Um, yeah. We're all in this together. We're we're all right. in this together. We are all in this together. And and my last thought, and and going a bit a bit maybe off the, off the beaten path here is is one of the reasons I'm thinking about some of those students who come into our class that, that it is behavior is hard is like, it's hard for them to demonstrate the expected behavior mm. um, is also in, in thinking about them is that one of the reasons they need accountability is because the classroom might be the only place where they're held accountable and mm. encouraged. Mm -hmm. um, and so they may push back against that, um, but that doesn't mean they don't need it. And it actually doesn't mean they don't appreciate it or, or don't even want it. And, and in setting, you know, this idea of clear is kind around what are our classroom norms. When you do that, some students may articulate that they're, they have less freedom and, and students are going to articulate, you know, that's going right. to look different. But in the end, you're actually giving the, in my mind, you're actually giving them the gift of freedom because you're sort of saying like, these are the boundaries around what's normative and what's, and what's not. And there's actually tons of freedom in there. And, mm. and when a student can walk into your class knowing, hey, like there's clear boundaries and there's follow through and there's consistency in those things, actually students actually are going are gonna to be way more relaxed and in the classroom where those boundaries aren't clear, even though they may say, hey, we can do what we want. Actually, you know what? I'm convinced students actually don't want to do what they they want. Like right. they don't, they right. actually want those boundaries yeah. for the, for the most part. And so I just offer that as as an encouragement is is to say you know like there's tons of freedom within the law. We know this. We know this as people who as Jesus followers, mm -hmm. and we know that to be true in our classroom. Matt, I love thinking out loud with you around challenging topics like these. And so thanks to all of you for listening in today, too. We know your time is precious. Um, we hope this is um, opportunities to foster more hallway conversations in your um, institutions as well. Um, you can always reach out to us via email at hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for joining us in the hallway, everybody. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up by Matt and Dave during one of their hallway conversations. Our music was created by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Dave Mulder and Matt Beamers. Thanks for listening.